6 of Proverbs, if you want to follow along. Um, we uh, covered 25 last week on some special comparisons, so I'm going to uh, move through what we covered last week and see if we can't move into the next chapter. There we go. All right. So we're, we're doing some uh, comparisons. A lot of these subjects have uh, not a lot to do with one another, but they're just good uh, things to live by, and um, a lot of which are repeated in the New Testament. So let's start at Proverbs 26, uh, 1 through 3. <clears throat> like snow in summer or rain in harvest, so honor is not fitting for a fool. Like a sparrow in its flitting, like a swallow in its flying, cursing someone who does not deserve it is useless. A whip for the horse, a bridle for the donkey, and a rod for the back of fools. That's the first three verses. So what, we're, what we get out of this is that um, if you've ever seen a sparrow or, uh, you know, uh, or those type of birds, even a hummingbird, they just uh, flit around, we, we'll call it. And uh, they don't seem to take a direct path to where they want to go. And so this is kind of, it, it's compares, comparing a fool to somebody like that. You know, that somebody that doesn't have a direction in their lives or that sort of thing. And... Um, and of course, it's talking. It's saying that you shouldn't be like that. And a biblical example would be Goliath in the Bible, uh, where we see in First Samuel seventeen forty one, he's cursing uh, David. Uh, you know, making fun of him, saying that you know, why did you have this shepherd boy coming up against me, a great warrior? So he curses David, and then. David, of course, gets the last laugh by taking out uh, Goliath there with the stones. And basically what it's getting at is, you know, Goliath was wasting his time cursing David because God was behind David. And uh, so, you know, that's, that's, a good, uh, that's a good thing to remember there that um, some people don't have a lot of... Uh, you know, direction in their lives, and when they do, it's uh, maybe for things that they shouldn't have a direction for. And um, you know, it's like snow in summer, or or uh, you know, rain in harvest. You know, both of those are not good. So that's what we're getting at there. Does anybody want to add anything to those three verses? To some insights that you may have come up with on those three verses. Because these are not, you know, all-inclusive or that sort of thing, what I came up with. Uh, there's a lot of different things that you could probably, you know, apply this to. So we'll move on to the next one if anybody doesn't have one. Maybe you may, uh, some people might really uh, know more about this one than, than maybe the previous one. Proverbs 26, 4. Answer not a fool according to his folly, lest there be, lest you be like him yourself. Um, you know, if if you argue with a fool, people can't tell 
who's the fool and who's not. And um, so what, what, our, what, what uh, Solomon is getting at there, uh, you know, through the inspired word, is if you argue with someone about something, and especially if it's uh, obvious to everyone that, uh, you know, that, that uh, it's just foolishness that you're talking about. It's not a subject that really matters anyway. And people aren't going to know, you know, who's the fool and who's not. So it's better not to argue with somebody that if they're talking about something that's, you know, not anything to really argue about anyway. Um, I don't know how many of y'all are familiar with uh, who follow politics, but uh, the uh, John Kennedy, not the one who was assassinated in '63, but. There's a senator, a Republican senator in uh, Louisiana. He says, uh, if you argue with a fool, suddenly there become two fools. So, you know, that's what we're getting at right there. He, he has a lot of good little quips and quotes. I don't know if y'all follow, follow him or not, but he's, he's, pretty, he's pretty funny. Uh, but, you know, don't argue with someone over something trivial and over something that doesn't amount to anything because you're going to wind up looking as bad as, as that person who is obviously saying foolish things. Uh, and Mark, it is also amazing if someone is bragging themselves, talking to you, and then you start bragging on yourself, or somebody is telling a lot of you, then you tell a lot of you. That is a great point, Sister Ida. That's, that's exactly what it's talking about. It's... Uh, if you ever heard somebody just start, you know, bragging on themselves, well, look, you know, I've done this, that, and the other, and then you, you kind of immediately wonder, well, did they really do that? And then somebody tries to one-up them, so to speak. You know, that's, that's exactly what we're talking about here. And you end up going down an avenue that neither one of you should have ever gone down, and it just gets worse and worse. So... Mm -hmm. Sister question. Uh, right. Right. So he, he, he answered them with a question. Sometimes that's what we have to do. Answer them with a question. So get them to thinking, you know, if we try to answer that question, you know, we may go off the wrong path. Sometimes we may have to answer them to straighten out a question that they, that they ask. Right. But a lot of times if we ask them a question with a question, then we can put it back on them. Right, that's a great point, Brother Sam. I would uh, say social media has caused this to explode. I mean, those little chat groups people get on. Yeah. It it just has exploded. Oh yeah. Foolishness. There's no humility and foolish arguments. Humility is also always supposed to be. That's right. Good point. Very good points, both of y'all. Um, yeah, there's a, a lot of this going on and, uh, you know, arguments back and forth about things that don't matter. And uh, so, you know, this is just, that's what we're talking about here.
right, especially when they might start talking about their own doctrine and where you, it's not time for you to refute that or engage them with it, you know, yet, because it would turn them away. That's a really good point there, Brother Sam. But, so, the next one is, um, a little confusing if you don't if you don't really get down into the to dig into the Bible and find out what this is about, answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. Verse five. So how does this contrast with the verse four? Well, this one is talking about, for example, if somebody like Dan Barker, who Brother Kyle Butt uh, debated because he was an atheist, Barker. Dan Barker was, you've got to be able to refute somebody like that because that's not a trivial matter that they're talking about. That's the, their salvation. So you need to be ready to give an answer to them. And um, so, you know, uh, I think there was a debate, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, of last month or the end of last month that uh, Brother Kyle had with another uh, uh, atheist, and I don't—I didn't see that. I'd like to see that. I probably, it's on, I imagine that's on um, uh, one of our sites there, Apologetics Press or something. But that's what we're getting at here. Um, this is much different than arguing with a fool about trivial things. So uh, you know. The Lord wanted us to be able to uh, decipher what he meant here, and that's what we're talking about here. Is you, you don't, you be ready to give an answer to someone like that. You don't just let them go on and on and talk about how, well, there's no really, there's really not a God, and, and all of this just was a big bang and all that kind of thing. You don't let that go as a Christian. You need to be able to, uh, you know, rebuke that and tell really, what the Bible says about it. So, uh, thing that goes along with both of these, really. But it seems like these days, when uh, you want to talk to somebody about something, they say, well, that's just your truth. Like there's more than one. You know, uh, yeah, that, that's a foolish thing to say to begin with. Mm -hmm. You all know there is the truth, and everything else is not the truth. But yet, like what Pilate was doing with Jesus, wasn't it? What is truth? You know, well, the truth is what the Word of God says. Really good point. Thank you. 
letting them know how they look at things to see what's going to happen. But he was letting them know you can't look at things to see what the sign gets going to tell when the second coming is coming. That's a, that's a good example of both of these kinds of foolish answer. arguments. He knew he had to answer them. Yeah. He in a way where you, there are certain things you can tell, but there are certain things you can't tell. Right. They knew about the weather, how the weather was going to be based on what the signs were, but they didn't know what was going on in the big picture. But, as, they, but they can't tell when the signs don't tell when the end is coming. Right. That's a good, great point. Great point. So we'll move on to the next uh, verse, verse 6. Whoever sends a message by the hand of a fool cuts off his own feet and invites trouble. Well, uh, you know, there's a reason that you use, you, that you employ your most valuable, uh, you know, employees to go out and maybe go pick up the president of the company at, a, at the airport or something. I mean, you don't, I'm just throwing that out as an example or something, but you know, you don't, somebody who can't find their way there or, or is liable to go to a, to a, a drinking establishment on the way or something, you don't employ them. Uh, you better make sure that you've got the right people doing the right jobs. And, uh, you know, that's in the corporate world, but it, I guess it also, uh, you know, in the church, you might want to make sure that, that, you know, you have reliable, reliable members doing certain things and not to say anybody's any more reliable than anybody else, but, Anyway, uh, a person knows who he can count on in, you know, in a lot of ways to do certain things. And um, so you don't send somebody, you don't send a, a boy out to do a man's job for just lack of another way of putting it. But uh, what does anybody else seem to think that this means here? That's kind of what I get out of it. Dependable. That's right. Somebody that you know going to take that message the way you meant it to Yeah, if you... You get messed up easy from one person to the next. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. Somebody, you know, by the time something is told four or five times between several people, it's a lot of a change. And you want a person who who heard it right the first time, is a good listener, and who also is dependable to go carry that message out. Qualified. Yes. A lot of incompetency well, out there, isn't it? You give them a message, they interpret it their own way. Right. It's a matter of if you give it to them, they're going to interpret it the way you gave it to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and this person could mistakenly interpret it, or they might do it on purpose. Send somebody a foolish person. You don't know what they're going to do with that message. They may not do what you meant for that anyway. They may be out to sabotage. You might. They, they, there's a lot of a lot of different ways we can look at that. And I think another one of our verses later on is kind of kind of em emphasize this also. So. Uh, so this next section is tw uh, 26, 7 through 11. And I kind of put it together in one slide because it was 
uh, about honoring a fool or proverbs from the mouth of a fool or hiring a fool or and a fool repeating foolishness. So, you know, honoring a fool, uh, and you know, there's probably a lot of different ways we could, uh, you know, say that a fool is, is uh, you know, uh, tell about his folly, but it's like a lame man's legs that hang useless. Well, uh, you know, that makes, it's, it's common sense that a, a person uh, you know, that's just a metaphor there, so it's not really, uh, that's not literal, but, um, you know, imagine somebody who doesn't have, have their legs that they can use for, um, you know, for what they're intended for. If you're honoring, them, honoring somebody and they're not uh, worthy of it, well, then it's kind of, that's just an analogy there. Another one is like one who gets a stone stuck in his sling and therefore cannot throw it. Well, it's no good to have a weapon or a slingshot. Or imagine David if he had got that stone stuck, stuck in his slingshot and couldn't throw it. Well, that's the same with a fool there. And, uh, or a thorn that's stuck in the hand of a drunkard and he ignores it. You know, we read uh, later on in, pro, uh, in part, as part of Proverbs we, about how the fool just returns over and over to, to the bottle and it says that, you know, another thing about a drunkard is they don't feel pain. Uh, there's a thorn that's stuck in their hand uh, and they ignore it if they're drunk. You know, I guess they uh, are so drunk they don't feel it. Uh, I imagine is what we're getting at there. Or an archer who shoots an arrow at random. Well, what good is it to have a, um, you know, what good is it to have a bow and arrow if you're just shooting at the sky and you don't try to hit anything? So, you know, all of these are just analogies. And then this next one, like a dog that returns to its vomit, we see that repeated in 2 Peter 2.22. You know, uh, foes just won't change. We've got a, uh, another verse that we'll be talking about that. Um, so, you know, it's not fitting to honor a fool because they, uh, you know, unless they have a conversion, they're, they're not going to change, you know. They're always going to do foolish things and uh, continuously disappoint you and that sort of thing. So we don't need to do that, so. Mark, uh, you look at that, it says like one who binds a stone in the sling is who gives honor to the fool. It's talking about the one giving the honor too. Right. If you got that uh, stone in your sling and you're slinging around, who's allowed to hit you? It's not going anywhere. And you, you give honor to a fool, that may come back back you. Right. And that's right. Just like we were talking about on the sending the message out for by a fool there. They, if they don't, uh, they don't do what they were supposed to have done, then it makes you look mad. That's exactly right. You know, Paul. look at that, well, that drunkard. I think about it, like you said, they have no feeling, and the thorn has no effect on them. What is a proverb supposed to do? It's supposed to impart some kind of truth, truth. to people that they can apply in their lives. That has no effect on food. No. You know, just like that thorn has no effect on the drunk. They don't listen to anybody. They just do what they want to do. Uh, they don't change, and they don't see any accountability either. So very, very good point. 
uh, this next one here, uh, verse, we're going to Proverbs 27 now. Do you see a man who is wise in his own eye? Or 26, 12. There's 26, 12 and there's uh, 27, 2. I just put those two together because they were on the same topic. Do you see a man who is wise in his own eyes? There's more hope for a fool than for him. Proverbs 26, 12. And then in 27, 2, let another praise your own lips. Um, you know, there is, at least in my mind, that, there's nothing worse than being around sort of a braggart or being around someone who's very arrogant. Uh, I think this uh, slide here was taken from the movie Anchor, Anchorman. I never have seen this movie, but Will Ferrell is in it. And he says, I, I don't know how to put this, but I'm kind of a big deal. Well, by him saying that, He's not a big deal. Um, you know, we should have humility. Romans 12, 3 says, Do not think more highly of yourself than you should. And uh, so, you know, we don't need to, to uh, uh, toot our own horn, so to speak. We're supposed to be, as Brother Ken says, humble as Christians and not brag on ourselves. Um, so, you know, and I've heard people say, and you might want to disagree with me, but I've heard people say, well, if you can do it, if you can do it, it ain't bragging. Well, it doesn't matter. That's, that's what I think. I, I don't care if it is a fact and you're bragging about it. That's just not the Christian way. Um, because, you know, to God be the glory. The Lord is the one that needs to get the glory for whatever whatever we, we mere human beings can do here on this earth. It's, it's the good Lord that enabled us to do it and we should be blessing Him and not uh, trying to say what, you know, what we've done. Or, uh, I think several, several years ago on a Wednesday night I did a lesson on humility and arrogancy and there were... I, I was, I was easily able to go through the entire class with verses on arrogancy and humility in the Bible. It's a lot, a lot of verses on each one. And um, bragging is never the way to go. Better than himself. That's a very good point there. Very good. I got another one for you too, Mark. Revelation 317. He was talking to the churches. He said, Because thou sayest, I am rich, and preach with goods, and have need of nothing, and knowing not that thou art wretched, and miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked. So they were boasting how good they were having. Right. That's right. Uh, yeah, that, that, that was uh, a big problem with some of those Asian churches there in Revelation. They had it too good. Uh, and uh, uh, Jesus was basically through John there telling them they need to get 
get with the program and, and or their candlestick was going to be taken away from them. So that's a good point there also. So. That's right. We need to have an open mind, don't we, Brother Nathan? And uh, not open to uh, anything that's liberal or anything that's, uh, you know, contrary to God's word or to sound doctrine, but uh, we need to be able to expand our knowledge at all, always. Uh, we never, you, you, you know, you could read the Bible every year, every all the time and find something new in it. Uh, same verses, same chapters that you've already uh, read and find something new on them. And uh, so, uh, some very good points there. So, this next topic is uh, basically on laziness. Um, and by the way, I think the last lesson that I will do in this uh, series on Proverbs is on laziness and uh, slothfulness and that sort of thing. So uh, there's a lot that can be said about that. And it seems like uh, this, this uh, problem is growing more in our society now than it ever has, especially since the pandemic has ended. Um, it's, uh, they, were, they said that there would be, you know, a new normal and uh, it seems to be a new normal and not in a good way um, because there's a lot of laziness out there now. Uh, so Proverbs 26, 13 through 16. Um, there's a lot of excuses. Uh, there's a line in the streets. Well, have you heard, ever heard anything so ludicrous as that? So there's a line in the streets. Well, I mean... That's just kind of going to an extreme there, but um, you know, some people are afraid of their shadow, and they they're afraid of putting in an eight-hour day of work, you know, too. Uh, they stay in their bed like a door on its hinges, and uh, you know, does anybody want to take a stab at what we're getting at on the like a door on its hinges? So what we're saying there is a door that's on its hinges. It has one function. It just opens the door, closes the door. Opens the door, closes the door. So it's, well, so it's never going anywhere. It's just there. And you know, a lot of people who are lazy, they're just in one place all the time and they don't do very much. And it uh, doesn't ever do it on its own. <laughs> it doesn't ever do it. Somebody has to do it. Somebody has to move that door, don't they, Brother Ken? That's right, good point. Um, they bury their hand in a dish and they're too lazy to bring it up to their mouth. Can you imagine somebody who has got a meal there and they've got their hand down there in it and they're too lazy to bring their hand with the food back up to their mouth. So there's, uh, this is kind of extremity and laziness here, but uh, uh, that's, there's some people that are pretty lazy, uh, uh, even back in this time, obviously. Um, will not take advice. I think we may have mentioned that about a fool uh, already today. Uh, they're wiser in, in their own eyes than seven sensible men. What we're getting at there is, you know, somebody's trying to tell them they need to get 
you know, get with the program and start doing some things or changing, uh, you know, working. Uh, you know, I think Second Thessalonians talks about how the uh, Thessalonians there were being lazy. They weren't uh, working. Paul had to write them a letter about that, but they weren't doing anything and just was sitting around waiting on Christ to come back because there was a false doctrine out there that Christ was coming back pretty much immediately. And uh, so Paul had to say, if you don't work, then you don't get to eat. So, uh, you know, there was a lot of that going on throughout the scriptures there. Not just, uh, not just uh, nowadays. But, you know, has anybody ever been able to teach motivation to anybody? You know what I'm saying? You just about can't. I don't think... You can motivate somebody a little bit through fear. You can use fear and say, if you don't do X, Y, and Z, you're going to get fired at a job or something like that. Uh, but as far as just motivating them on a, uh, you know, to be consistent or perpetually always being, you know, uh, uh, on the ball uh, to make them come up to, to where somebody else is, who is a, a go-getter, I've never seen it happen. Mark, I dealt with that pretty regularly when I was a school teacher. And I may be splitting hairs here or whatever. I always said I can stimulate people because stimulation comes from the outside. Right. It's like that fear of fire and I want to give you a zero or whatever else. I can stimulate, but I can't motivate. Yeah. Because motivate comes from the inside. It's internal. You've got to have that motivation within themselves to do whatever they need to do to accomplish whatever they want to accomplish. Now, I can stimulate, make them do what I want them to do for a little while. Right. You know, but, but that stimulation is finally going to lose its effect. Right. Yeah, it, it's, it's hard to motivate people to do anything. It's kind of got to be intrinsic in, in, inside them to want to do something, or that's uh, usually not going to happen. Well, I think one of the most important things that we're talking in the Bible is example. And the example can help to motivate people. That's a good point. If they see us striving for something, then they can strive for that. that can That's one of the only ways that I know what to motivate. Right. I don't know if out on the switch worked pretty good after all this. Yeah, fear will work. Yeah, fear will work for a while. teachers in school uh, many, many years ago that seemed to be able to get through to most, not all, but of the whole class. And, uh, you know, that person, that teacher got a good reputation over the years of being a, a really good teacher and there'd be some people who otherwise wouldn't uh, be good students who 
did well in those classes, you know. So yeah, that, that makes a difference. It sure does. It sure does. Those, those people got to be willing to be motivated. They got to mm -hmm. want to go farther. That's they right. They got to want to change. Just like a child, they got to want to do. Got to meet halfway. Half right. Got to meet halfway somewhere there. Because if you don't meet halfway and you don't, it's all the teacher's input and not yours, then uh, you're really not going to learn anything. Yeah, yeah, it's just bucking up against the wall, like you said. Um, just asking a question. I was told, I don't remember, uh, probably two, two and a half, three years old, out of the garden. Daddy got corn to talk after me. Never had no more problem work. <laughs> Do we not wait too long to motivate or encourage our kids before we try to correct them? It seems that way. Yeah. It's got to be done early. Yeah. Well, what's our motivation for heaven? We're looking forward to a great reward. Now, are we going to suffer as Christians? And when we fail, are we going to be punished along the way and see, okay, maybe I can do better? I mean, it's, it's up to us to move on, but there's a reward. <coughs> punishment system here that works. Right. People can change. Right. People can learn. They can. Sometimes life's really hard struggles that motivate somebody to turn towards God. Right. But that still, that's come from the inside. And, it's got to come and from the inside. And it takes different stimulants from the outside to motivate different people. Right. You know, I had, I had uh, kids in school that nothing would motivate them except trying to build a sports team. If they had to make a certain grade to get to play football or get to play basketball or whatever it is, they'd do it to you. That, that would get them really, motivated. That, that, that bumped them. They, yeah. They wanted to play that sport so bad that they did. Yeah. And, and like you said, everybody's different. What motivates one child or one student may not motivate another one. And... Uh, I, I, uh, I really admire you teachers. You've got, you've had a, uh, that's a, that's a tough field to be in because, you know, you want all your students to be good students and to learn, but uh, it's like, what do I do to this child to get him to learn? And what do I do to that child to get, who's completely different to get them to learn uh, or to be motivated? So it's, I imagine books, and they have been written about motivation and what to motiv what motivates people and that sort of thing. Um, it's just uh, it's difficult. But getting back to our subject at hand, laziness. Um, a person who's lazy, uh, they've got to they've got to be willing to change and meet somebody halfway, or it's not going to ever be any different for them. They're going to be mired in uh, you know, slothfulness and that sort of thing. Um, we'll let this be the last of the, what we'll do this week. We'll start on the, uh, the last of the, probably finish up next week. But um, I guess what I was getting at just to finish up, uh, it seems like even going on, I guess, a year after this pandemic has ended, it seems like there's a lot of these fast food restaurants that still 
we were going to eat in Wendy's a couple of weeks ago, and they still haven't got the Wendy's in Decatur. It's all it's open sometimes and closed on the dining room. The you know others so. It's like, I don't know what has changed about our society that you just can't get people fair. to work. Fair. 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 Okay. Well, Second Timothy 1, 7 is what I got to say about that. Yeah. 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 Second Timothy 1, 7 says we got a spirit of, of power and love, not fear. So that's what we need to think about there. I think I think we got used to sitting at home during the pandemic and I'm gonna change. Right. We don't we don't want to go back. Yeah. There's still a lot of people in their pajamas in it doing their Zoom calls and stuff like that for work, but I don't know. So we'll stop right there. I certainly appreciate all the comments and uh We'll move on through the last of chapter 26 and finish 27 next week. So appreciate all the comments.